Welcome to the show, my friends. Before we jump into today's episode, I have a really exciting announcement. We are hosting our second Creative Rising gathering here in San Diego on November 21st. It is the Thursday before Thanksgiving, and we are so excited to see you there. Our last gathering was incredible. It was just so great being able to look other photographers in the eye and have in-person heart-to-heart conversations. So if you are longing for in-person community, then come to our gathering November 21st, Skylight Studio here in San Diego. Just go to creativerising.com forward slash gatherings to get all of the info. That's creativerising.com forward slash gatherings. We will see you there. Welcome to Creative Rising, my friend, a show about what it's really like to run a photography business. My name is Erin Youngren, and my husband, Jeff, and I are the Youngrens. We are a husband and wife wedding photography team here in San Diego, California, and we not only shoot weddings, but we also own a couple of other studios that shoot weddings and commercial work for us. If you've listened to the podcast, you have heard our story, and you know all about it. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. I am so glad that you're here. But listen to some previous episodes to get a feel for who we are. The best one is our very first episodes, How We Built a Dreamy Business, episode 101, and The Battle of the Creative, episode 3, 103. Those are both in season one. Listen to those right after you're done listening to this episode here. For all of you dedicated listeners out there, you know that we have several different kinds of episodes here on Creative Rising. We have our behind the scenes narrative storytelling episodes like episode 103 and also like episode 108, what it's like to take a really big risk. That's where Jeff and I shared the behind the scenes story of us moving into our new studio space. We rented out a giant warehouse and had to build it out and it was a process. And we also have very practical training episodes where we get into the nitty gritty of running a wedding and portrait photography business. And some of your favorite episodes have been episode 107, where we talk about the four things that we do that turn our inquiries into bookings. And I think that's going to be a really great episode for you to listen to after this one, because it's going to go right along the same lines of content. And you're going to learn a lot about how to actually get and book more inquiries which is what we are talking about today, okay? Today, we are talking about the question that is on every photographer's mind. Right now, as I record this, it's the heart of the fall season. So summer is over, the weather has cooled down, and all of us are pulling out our jackets and our sweaters, and pumpkin is everywhere. And what is life like for most photographers right now in the fall season? Well, we're in the overload of editing and delivering all of our summer weddings. It's when everything kind of converges together, right? But the fall season also signals the ramp up of booking season for next year. And depending on where you're at, that can either make you feel a lot of excitement or make you feel a whole lot of dread. Because in order to book your next year of weddings, you need one oh so critical thing, inquiries. Friend, if your contact form feels like an overflowing waterfall of raving brides that are busting down your website to hire you, then I cheers your pumpkin spice latte and I will let you move along with your gorgeous fall day. Because you are doing great. However, 
if you're like most photographers I know, your contact form is less busy than you would like. You want more inquiries. Maybe you want a lot more inquiries. Maybe you keep refreshing and testing your contact form to make sure it's working. And friend, sometimes a silent contact form is simply annoying, while at other times it's downright scary. As in, you're looking at next year and that sinking feeling starts creeping into your gut. Will you book what you need? Will anyone hire you? What if things get desperate? Whenever somebody requests to join our Creative Rising community on Facebook, which if you are not in that community yet, then there's a link in the show notes or go to creativerising.com forward slash 206 and there will be a link there to join that community. It's an amazing community, so get yourself in it if you are not there already. But whenever someone requests to join that community, they have to answer a set of questions. And one of the questions is, If I could wave a magic wand over your business, what could I change for you? And the vast majority of people say something along the lines of, I want more leads. I want more brides. I would like to attract more business. So the question that every photographer desperately wants to know the answer to is this, how do I get more inquiries? which is why I'm doing this episode for you. I'm going to walk you through my 10 years of experience of how we've gotten quality leads for our business every single year. Before we get started though, I want to reassure you with this. The reason you don't have the answer to this question already is because the answer isn't simple. And this episode isn't simple either, but it's everything I've learned from the ebbs and flows of booking weddings for the past 12 years. So if you're listening to this and it's the fall, then grab a cup of pumpkin something. And if it's not the fall, then just grab a mug of coffee or tea or bourbon or wine or kombucha or whatever it is that gets your brain going and settle in because I'm going to be unpacking the long-term and the short-term strategies of getting more inquiries. Like I said, my friend, if there was a simple answer to the question of how do I get more inquiries, I would share it with you in a heartbeat. But the reality of running a wedding or portrait photography business is that there is no one silver bullet that will make or break your bookings. Instead, getting more clients is like creating this big web. It's this multi-pronged marketing strategy. And there's things that you can do in the short term but there's also so many things you have to set yourself up for in the long term in order to be successful. You have to engage in a bunch of different marketing threads in order to create a strong network of clients and referrals. And you do that with both strategies as well as tactics. Strategies are big picture game plans and tactics are the individual tools that we use to achieve that big game plan. So an example of a strategy, just this overall game plan, would be engaging your audience in a personal way on social media. An example of a tactic would be using Instagram stories to take your audience behind the scenes on your shoots to get to know the person behind the camera. Okay, one is a strategy and one is a simple concrete tactic. In this episode, I won't be talking about very many individual tactics to get more inquiries because there are so many and honestly, they change all the time. 
but instead I'm going to focus on how to build a solid marketing strategy. The same one that has continually brought high quality inquiries to our business for the past decade. So it will last longer than just one booking season. Before we jump into this, I want to say that I actually put together a worksheet for this episode, and you can grab that worksheet at creativerising.com forward slash 206. And that's where you will be able to work through all of these strategies that I'm about to talk about. And once we start talking about all this, it's going to make a lot of sense as to how useful this worksheet is going to be. So let's jump into it. First, I want to talk about this thing that I call the rule of three touch points. There is this old marketing rule of thumb that I read a long time ago, somewhere on the depths of the internet probably, that says that a customer needs to experience at least three touch points with your brand before they will buy from you. And in my decade of shooting weddings, I have found this whole three touch point idea to prove empirically true over and over and over again. I constantly hear from our dream couples some version of this same story. So they first got our name from their venue, and then their coordinator recommended us, and then they saw our photos on Pinterest while putting together some inspiration boards of their venue. Or we shot their friend's wedding, then they started following us on Instagram, then a featured wedding pops up of ours in their favorite magazine. So based on this feedback, here is the pattern. First, there is a direct touch point. So they receive a strong direct referral. In other words, a referral from their friend. And then there are supporting touch points. So they interact with a secondary soft supporting touch point, which is they started following us on our Instagram feed. And then they come across a third minor supporting touch point. Our work pops up when they Google their venue. Now, these direct or supporting touch points could be any of these following marketing strategies, okay? It could be a direct referral from a venue, a friend, a vendor they're working with, or one of any of your past clients. They could come from reviews online, so Yelp, WeddingWire, The Knot. They could come from SEO, from Googling on their venue, from your blog, from online features. They could come from paid advertising, like magazines or blog listings, Facebook, Instagram, Google ads, those sorts of things. It could come from social media, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever that may be. Or it could just come from something that's more like your portfolio. So maybe just your direct website from Instagram or even from email newsletters. Maybe someone forwarded an email newsletter to you or they've been getting one from you because they saw you at a friend's wedding. Okay, those are all ways that a potential client could come into contact with your brand. Now on the worksheet that I'm going to put together, I list all of these items that I just talked about. So download that worksheet at creativerising.com forward slash 206, and you'll be able to see everything that I just listed. And I'm going to help you work through each one of those areas to see how strong you are with your marketing strategies. All right, so this three touch point rule of thumb means that a potential client needs to come into contact with your brand in at least two, if not three of these different ways before inquiring with you. And the more touch points they experience, the better. 
which means that your brand needs to show up in a bunch of these different touchpoint areas if you're going to get not just more inquiries, but high quality inquiries. And here's how you make that happen. Okay, what I'm going to be talking about next for the rest of the episode is really where the worksheet is going to become very valuable. So keep listening to this episode if you're driving or working out or on a walk. But when you get the chance, download that worksheet and work through it. You won't regret it. It's going to be so valuable for you in helping you get through all this content and understand how you can get more inquiries in your own business. Creative Rising is brought to you by Kiss Wedding Books, the album company that Jeff and I trust with all of our wedding albums. You know, there are so many album companies out there, and I think today there's even more than ever, and it's really hard to choose which album company to work with. And I think I'm just really grateful that we've been working with Kiss for so long. It's been almost like 10 years, and we're constantly evaluating other companies and seeing how they're doing. And KISS always blows them out of the water in terms of the quality and the printing. It's the printing that really sets KISS apart from everybody else. And there's so many fun options with KISS. Like they have this option to print your album in this deep matte paper that is gorgeous and I love it. And it makes our images that are so traditional and classic just feel high end. You can also do the covers in this beautiful linen or leather. And I love all the pretty, beautiful options that just make me come alive as a photographer. And when you sit down with these books in a meeting with any of our clients, we instantly look so elevated to our couples because we're offering this product that is gorgeous, that's quality, and it's going to last a really long time. Yeah, and the thing that um, is really cool that they just came out with is the styling mats, which we've been using at every wedding, and we forgot them at one wedding, and we were like, (gasps) what are we going to do? But these are just basically, it's the same material that they make their covers out of that they roll up into this tube, and you can lay them out, and you can um, photograph all the details, the rings, the invites, um, the shoes, all that stuff on a really pretty consistent background. And they're including that in their sample kits now, which is really cool. I know, that's amazing. So right now, you can get half off the sample kit. And not only do you get your own sample album with your images on the inside, but it comes with a styling mat. And so at your next wedding, you can get beautiful details in whatever getting ready room you're in. Right now, Kiss Wedding Books is giving Creative Rising listeners, that's you, half off of their getting started kit. And this kit includes everything you need to start selling Kiss wedding albums in your business. It includes things like a complete swatch set, paper samples, a linen styling mat that we use to photograph all of our details on at every single wedding. And the kit includes $250 to use towards your very own sample album. So you can get a sample with all of your own work on the inside so you can actually start selling albums to your clients. Now, the price of this kit is normally $300, but if you go to creativerising.com forward slash kiss, you'll get half off of that price. And that is an incredible deal. You'll spend $150 to get $250 in credit. So go to creativerising.com forward slash kiss. That's creativerising.com forward slash K-I-S-S. Step one in getting more inquiries to your brand is to track your direct referral sources. Where are your current leads coming from? Okay. And are you tracking this? And friend, I don't mean 
Where do you feel in your heart of hearts that your brides are hearing about you? No, that's not going to do you any good if you just think about where you think people are coming from. I mean, are you actually gathering concrete data on where your leads are coming from? Do you know for reals information and real numbers? This is where investing in a customer management software like Tave, which is what we use in our business, that's where this does big things for your business. On all of our contact forms for all of our brands, we ask the client to list how they heard about us. And this is super important. If you're not doing this right now, then just stop listening to this episode and literally go put it on your contact form now because you are missing out on such important information. At some point, whether it's on your contact form or during the inquiry process, you need to know how your brides are currently finding you, okay? That's step one. Then in our client management software, Tave, we tag each lead with the referral source that they listed. And we actually tag it with a comprehensive list that we have actually already created. Okay, so in Tave, we have created a list of all of our referral sources that are most common. And we've actually drilled down those referral sources to be very specific. So the list includes things like the most common venues that we photograph at, so the names of all the venues that we usually shoot at, the names of all of our favorite coordinators, the coordinators we've worked with, any vendors that we work with on a regular basis. And we also have an item for like all of our advertising campaigns. So if we're listed on a blog anywhere, or we have one for Google, for SEO, for Instagram, for Pinterest, for social media, okay? We have our list of very specific places where we have gotten our inquiries from. And that means that we can run reports in Tave because Tave is amazing with reporting and it can tell us the conversion rates for each lead source. And it tells us how much revenue each one has generated. So this means that we can accurately assess which vendor relationships or which advertising campaigns are worth investing more resources toward instead of just relying on our gut feelings, right? And throwing more money towards an online listing that actually hasn't brought us any real business. So track the hard data. If you are not doing this already, then this is something you definitely need to start doing, okay? If you don't have a client management software right now that allows you to track referral sources, then definitely check one out. We love Tave and it's a wonderful system, okay? Or just use a spreadsheet or a Google Doc or something to track your referrals. It doesn't have to be super fancy. In fact, if you have not been doing this up until now, make it a project for yourself during the off season to go back through your past six months to a year of leads. And this is whether people booked or not. Okay, you want all the leads that you've ever gotten in that period of time and tag them all with referral sources and then start tagging new inquiries moving forward because you want to know which referral sources are actually booking with you, which referral sources are not booking with you, and the reasons why they're not booking with you. And you'll hear more about those closed reasons, the why people are not booking. You hear more about that in our episode 107 that I mentioned earlier, four things we do that turn our inquiries into bookings. So that's why that's going to be such a great episode for you to listen to after this one if you haven't already. 
And again, I want to emphasize that the more specific you get with the information, the better. So don't just write down what the bride says on the contact form, right? Because they might just say, well, quote, my coordinator gave me your name. But you know that the coordinator is so-and-so from Starlight Events. We'll make that person a referral source in your system and tag that. So you can accurately track all referrals coming from that particular vendor. And on the download worksheet, I have a screenshot of what part of our list looks like. So you can get an idea of what I mean. All right, so that's step one. Track your direct referral sources. And the reason why I say that what the bride puts in the contact form is the direct referral source, because usually the bride will say the first place that they heard about you from, that's what they put on their contact form. So I feel like that is a very accurate assessment of what the direct referral was. Now, step two is to evaluate your supporting touch points. All of the places that your bride could come into contact with your brand that is outside of that direct referral. A big objection that I hear from photographers across the board about spending time blogging or posting to social media is that they can't directly attribute a wedding booking to those things. So why even do it? Well, I get it. Spending hours posting to Instagram and then not seeing Instagram listed as a referral source like ever in your contact form, that's disheartening at best and maddening at worst, right? You're like, why am I spending so much time on this? Well, that's because things like social media, blogging, magazine or blog features, they're not actually strong direct referral sources. They're probably not going to be the things that a bride will put in your contact form as how they heard about you more likely their soft supporting touch points. I mean, think about it. What's the first thing a bride will do if their friend gives them your name at a party? Well, they'll go on their phone and they'll check you out on Instagram. But when they fill out your contact form, they're going to list their friend as the referral source, even though it was your magical Instagram feed that actually made them fall in love with you. So put yourself in the bride's shoes and do an honest audit of all of your brand's supporting touch points. Ask yourself questions like this. If one of my dreamies, one of my ideal clients, just got my name from a friend, is my work showing up on Google if they search for their venue? Or maybe you haven't shot at their specific venue, but are similar venues with the same type of feel, same type of class, and same type of style showing up on my Instagram feed and my website as where they are getting married? Does their venue fit with the kind of weddings that I'm doing right now? Or is my Instagram feed and website filled with work that she will love? Does my website scream yes to her? Are my images showing up on the Instagram feed or the website of other vendors that I'm working with? Does her florist or her coordinator use my images? Or is my feed tagging similar vendors as hers? So maybe she's not using all these vendors that I've worked with before, but are the ones that I am working with, again, do they fit with what she is looking for? How do my reviews look on WeddingWire or The Knot or Yelp? Are they good reviews? Are they bad reviews? Are there no reviews? How is my brand comparing to other listings in my area? Now, here's the thing about reviews, okay? Okay. 
Jeff and I, for the Youngerins, we really don't rely on reviews, okay? It's not been a thing that has really driven our business. One of those reasons is because reviews kind of came about later in our business, so we already had a strong referral network to pull from before reviews really even became a thing. However, you just make sure that if reviews are not a big part of your strategy, just make sure that you check what reviews are out there for your business just to make sure there's no bad ones or no red flags out there that could be popping up as people are checking you out online. And just take care of that and audit that whole process. So even if reviews are not a big thing for you, it is worth being aware of what is out there. All right, so that's putting yourself in the shoes of your couples, the brides and grooms that are looking for you online. Now, put yourself back in your shoes as the business owner and ask yourself honest questions like this. How is your SEO going? Are you really blogging and posting regularly so that your images show up when a dreamy searches for photos of their venue? Look, blogging is not as big these days as it used to be. People don't personally connect with you on your blog anymore. They do that through Instagram, your Instagram feed, and your Instagram stories. So blogging isn't nearly as much about the personal relationship, but blogging is about SEO. All right, that's why we still blog every single wedding that we photograph, especially weddings that are at ideal venues, because we want to continually show up on SEO for when our couples are getting married and they're Googling their venue. We want our images to be popping up. So that's why blogging is still very much relevant and very important. So ask yourself how your SEO is going. And you're going to see this on the worksheet. All these questions that I'm asking, you're going to be able to evaluate how these different areas are going. Okay. How are your vendor relationships? Are you regularly investing in relationships with vendors that are working weddings that you most want to shoot? Are you constantly giving vendors images to use in their portfolios and in their social media? That is so, so, so important. The more you get your images out there across different networks, the better. So if you have not been giving vendors images recently over your last seasons of weddings, then that is something else to add to your to-do list. As well as going back and tracking all those referrals, you need to go back and you need to deliver images to all the vendors that you've worked with. That is going to be so important. And it has been one of the key elements to our success over the years is giving images to vendors quickly and consistently after every single wedding. We just build it into our workflow. We export vendor images at the same time that we're exporting the wedding for our couples, and we put it in a different vendor gallery. So they're getting it at the same time that our couples are getting their images. So get your vendors images. It's super important. And third, what does your social media feed look like? Are you posting regularly? And are you posting amazing work that you're really proud of? And are you tagging vendors and locations in that work? I know social media can feel like such a drag sometimes. It can feel like you're putting in all of this work with no return. But here's the thing. When you're working weddings, you are working with people that are going to be your audience for a very specific amount of time. And they're going to hang around for the long haul, maybe, but maybe not. And so you need to just be putting more stuff out there so that during the time that your bride is ready to buy from you, which is when they get engaged, you are showing up. And then once they've done their wedding, they probably won't be following you nearly as much anymore. So your audience is going to be this continually rolling, changing audience. And that's okay. You're a wedding photographer. 
For portraits, it's a little bit different, okay? You want families to stick around and you want people to stay engaged in your audience for a long period of time. But I just want to say that as a way to encourage you that social media, yes, can feel so difficult, but it is worth it. I promise you. And lastly, back to the reviews. If you're not asking your best clients for online reviews, that might be an area that is worth taking advantage of. You can build that into your workflow and ask your favorite people you've ever gotten to work with if they would be willing to give you a review. And honestly, even if it's not just a review for an online source, they can give you a testimonial for your website. That is a way to help you get better and more inquiries. So those are all the steps that you can take to audit how you are doing with all of those soft supporting touch points, okay? There's all of these ways that your brand is online and you need to look and see how your brand is interacting in all of these different areas. What does it look like as a bride that is coming in contact with your brand? All right, step one is track your direct referral sources. Step two is evaluate your supporting touch points. And step three is create your marketing action plan. Once you get clear on the current reality of your referral sources and on your supporting touch points, then you need to create an action plan to get your brand in front of your ideal clients to generate more inquiries. Here's the thing with marketing when it comes to a wedding photography business. You are not going to be perfect in every single marketing strategy at all times. Okay, all the things that I just went through, you are not going to be super strong in all of those areas. In fact, if you're just getting started, you're going to be especially weak in certain areas and that is okay. Okay, some marketing strategies like building SEO and building vendor relationships, those have to grow organically over a period of time sometimes a long period of time. But you need to actively cultivate them on a consistent basis now in order to reap the big benefits later on. Meanwhile, other strategies are more short-term and the impact is immediate. And this is where you can bring in a lot of tactics is in the short-term, okay? So things like curating your Instagram feed, using hashtags that are relevant to your audience, investing in bridal shows, asking for online reviews, doing different giveaways or things like that. Those are all short-term tactics that can come into play right now. So understanding what things are short-term and what are long-term is super helpful. That means you can focus on getting strong in some short-term strategies. And then at the same time, you can also be working on long-term strategies as you go, because those long-term strategies are what are going to sustain you in the long run. Okay. Two, three, four, five years from now, those long-term strategies are what are going to create a business that is life-giving and sustainable and robust and profitable. But you need to start on those long-term strategies now. So as you've been listening to this, or if you work through the worksheet that you can get with this episode, creativerising.com forward slash 206, that worksheet will help you identify what areas you need to improve in, okay? And it will help you create a marketing plan that you can use to move forward. So a marketing action plan moving forward could look like this. You could take some courses on SEO, which is a long-term strategy, connect with an amazing vendor at least once a month, that's a long-term strategy, 
and then create and follow a social media calendar for your Instagram feed, a short-term strategy, okay? So if you do those three things over the next six months, you will be actively investing in the inquiries and the future of your business. Another marketing action plan could be to invest in a bridal show that's coming up, a short-term strategy to get more business right away. You could ask all of your favorite past clients for online reviews, another short-term way to generate more inquiries. And part of the same action plan is you can implement three new ways to gift your clients with an incredible experience to generate referrals later on. That is a long-term strategy, is creating this incredible client experience that will create more referrals as their friends are getting married over the next several years. That is step number three, create a marketing action plan. And remember, that action plan needs to include both short-term and long-term strategies and stick to that plan over a period of time. So don't just give it a month, give it four to six months, sometimes a year in order to generate the kind of results that you need to generate, okay? Remember, weddings have a slow turnaround. So it sometimes it takes a little while for you to see the changes you make in your business, it takes a while to see the results of those. So you have to be really patient when you run a wedding photography business. Portraits are a little bit different. Senior portraits have the same slow turnaround because those are happening, you know, once a year as seniors turn over. But family portraits, those can have a little bit more of a quicker turnaround. So you might see changes to your marketing plan much more quickly in a portrait business. So you guys have the advantage there for sure. Step four in getting more inquiries in your business is to systematize it. And this is all about workflow, which I am such a workflow girl. Once you have your marketing action plan in place, let's make it as easy as possible on yourself to make those action steps a reality. With most of these marketing strategies, it is not a one-time magic bullet thing, okay? Instead, you need to keep up with your marketing regularly in order for it to grow. Think of marketing systems as putting a new small brick in the big foundation of your business every time that you pick up your camera. So how can you easily incorporate marketing into your day-to-day photography workflows? For us, it is built into our Tave workflows that every time we shoot and call a wedding, we pull images for Instagram and for Facebook, we send images to vendors, we blog the shoot a week later with links to the vendors, and a blog post that is optimized with SEO for the venue, okay? When we export and deliver a wedding to our clients using ShootProof, we also export a separate set of images and upload them to a separate vendor gallery on ShootProof and send that to vendors to use. We also use a blogging and social media calendar in our task management app, Asana. And that keeps us accountable to posting to our blog, posting to Pinterest, getting on Instagram on a regular basis. And more recently, we've added email newsletters to that social media calendar so we can keep in touch with our audiences more regularly. So those are built into our workflows. So we're not reinventing the wheel with everything that we photograph. And we don't find ourselves every month saying, oh gosh, I need to do marketing. What am I going to do, right? Marketing is simply a part of the process. And that has made it so much easier for us over the years. It feels like as we're doing our work, we are building the marketing foundation of our business automatically. 
because our workflows feel like they do it in some ways for us because we're just doing it along with all the other tasks of our business. Now, at times, do we need to do a special project or a special promotion? Yes, but those are on top of all of the marketing action plans that are already built into what we are doing. The more simple and automatic you make your marketing, the more it will actually get done. For me, when I realize that I'm not doing something in my business that I should be, or if I'm putting something off that's really important, it's usually because there's some kind of roadblock that's tripping me up. It's either mental or physical or emotional, or it's just something in my workflows that's making it hard for me to get something done. So I've learned that I need to sit down and figure out what the roadblocks are for me and then get creative with how to remove them so I can move my business forward and get more inquiries. For example, with Instagram, it's really hard to know what to post, right? So even if you have it as a part of your workflow to post an Instagram with every shoot, you might go to Instagram and say, I have no idea what I need to say. Well, I keep a log on my phone and it syncs with my computer. I use day one. It's a great app and I really love it. And that log is a place where I just drop inspirational quotes. I write down quick writing ideas, quick thoughts, and I write down questions to ask my audience so that I always have inspiration to pull from when writer's block makes me want to put it off for another day, right? So anytime anything pops into my head as I'm going throughout my day, I just quickly write it down on that log on my phone. And it gives me this well to draw from when I need it, okay? You cannot expect to draw the water that you need if you don't first fill your own well. That is how it works with any creative endeavor, whether you're a photographer, an artist, a painter, a writer, a singer, a musician. You need to continually fill your well with creative inspiration, and that will help you with your marketing as well. So I am saying all of this because if the word workflows makes you want to cringe, if you're like, Erin, I am not a workflow person, I am not an organized person, I am not a systems person, then one, I want to tell you that those are lies, and yes, you are, because everyone is capable of some sort of workflow and some sort of organization, okay? What I'm really saying is that you need to remove those roadblocks, and you telling yourself those things, those lies, are the roadblocks that you need to remove. So what are the other roadblocks that are preventing you from doing something important? Is it simply that you just don't have a system that's reminding you to do these things when it's time to do them? Seriously, that's been the easiest thing for us. And you can actually get our workflows in our photographer shop. So if you have no idea what a workflow should look like, go to our shop and buy them there. And they're all ready to go for you. And you can get our email templates. You can get our contracts. There are so many resources for you to get this stuff done and remove those roadblocks. Simplify and systematize. That is my mantra when it comes to marketing. All right, so let's recap everything that we went over. Getting more inquiries is like creating a web over time. Okay, there isn't one silver bullet. It is a multi-pronged strategy. And a customer needs to experience at least three touch points with your brand before they will buy from you. And these touch points are usually a strong direct referral source, followed by soft supporting touch points. So first, track your strong direct referral sources so you know where your leads are actually coming from and where to allocate your business resources, your time, your energy, and your money moving forward so you know where to get more of those quality inquiries that you're already getting. 
Second, evaluate how strong or weak you are in those different marketing areas of your soft supporting touch points. So social media, ad campaigns, reviews, SEO, all of that good stuff. Third, based on where you'd like to be stronger in your marketing, create a marketing action plan that includes at least one long-term strategy and at least one short-term strategy and commit to this plan for the next six months to a year. Fourth, remove all roadblocks that will prevent you from executing on your marketing action plan. Simplify your systems and incorporate the action plan into the current workflows that you are already doing. And lastly, watch your business grow. Right, friends, those are my full hashed out thoughts on how to get more inquiries in your business. So again, to get that worksheet and get everything that I just outlined in one succinct place where you can learn what areas of your business need the most attention, go to creativerising.com forward slash 206. And that's where you'll be able to get that worksheet. A huge thank you goes out to our sponsor, Kiss Wedding Books. We absolutely love you guys. And thank you for being so generous to this show to help all those photographers out there get this much needed information and grow their businesses. Thank you, Kiss. We absolutely love you. Check them out at creativerising.com forward slash kiss and you are going to get a great deal on their getting started kit. Seriously, it is an amazing deal and will help you get your first samples that are absolutely necessary in order to actually start selling albums in your business. And lastly, if you guys love this show, then please leave a review and tell a friend. Like, honestly, that is how people hear about the show is when you talk about it to everyone else. If you know of any other creatives or any other photographers that are smart, ambitious, and are looking for the real stuff, like the kind of education that actually is authentic and honest and talks about how things really are with running a photography business and kind of cuts through all of the fluff, then please share our show with them because that is what I am all about. I share with you the things that I think actually work and have actually worked in our business. I will never lie to you. I will never give you information that I think won't work. And I will never sell you something just to make a buck. Okay. I will only do things that help you run an amazing business. It is how I am wired. I am incapable of being inauthentic. Trust me, that is a part of who I am. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Creative Rising. And I will see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now, my friend.